Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in this episode, actor Jimmy Akinbola, who features alongside Liam Hemsworth and Christopher Waltz in new Quibi drama, The Most Dangerous Game, offering his perspective on the buzzy short-form entertainment startup from Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, as well as his experience of auditioning under COVID-19 lockdown. But first, Jed Mercurio, the award-winning writer behind hit series including Line of Duty, Bodyguard and Bodies, discusses Bloodlands, the first drama to come out of his HTM television joint venture with Hattrick Productions. Mercurio, who began his career in the Royal Air Force and then as a hospital physician, also talks about how his other work, including the sixth season of hugely popular BBC cop drama Line of Duty, has been impacted by the coronavirus outbreak. He spoke with Michael Picard, editor of C21's Drama Quarterly magazine, and started off talking about where things were at with Bloodlands, created by new writer Chris Brandon, when the pandemic prompted a shutdown of productions across the industry. We were incredibly fortunate. We um, we wrapped uh, really the week before it became um, pretty much universal that uh, productions were shutting down, so... We, we were incredibly lucky to get in uh, uh, just under the wire. So we're in pre-production and uh, so far so good. One of the effects of people working from home uh, is that we've had to extend our post-production schedule slightly just because things take a little bit longer for everyone to see the material and give notes and and for those notes to be acted upon. Just because so much of post-production involves people sitting together watching a cut or listening to a mix or watching a grade and because those things aren't possible we've had to come up with with solutions that in, involve a little bit more time being taken over things. Uh, well, I mean, t- just tell me a bit about the story, because, I mean, to, if you boiled it down, it would be, I guess, a, a cold case kind of uh, thriller you know, set at a, at a very particular sort of period of Nor- Northern Irish history. Yeah, I, what I'd say is distinctive about Bloodlands is that it's a highly contemporary thriller but it's got one foot in the past of Northern Ireland. And as, as people the world over know, there have been political unrest in Northern Ireland up until the Good Friday Agreement, which just has transformed Northern Ireland now into a, a very prosperous and peaceful part of the world. So the, the, the drama really is looking at a case which potentially could disturb that fragile peace and our protagonist, uh, Detective Chief Inspector Tom Brannock, played by James Nesbitt, also has some knowledge of a particular set of mysterious disappearances that occurred in the, the lead up to the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. And the way it addresses the, these kind of very significant and thought-provoking issues is entirely through how the police in Northern Ireland in the present and the 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 population in Northern Ireland in, in the, the present day have to, to wrestle with conflicts and unsolved crimes from before 1998. Quite simply put, anything that involved sectarian violence, anything relating to the Troubles that was a, a criminal offence before 1998 can't be investigated. 
did writer you know Chris Brandon did he come at this with a very particular idea of a, of a story or I guess themes that he wanted to explore through this sort of police investigation yeah well Chris uh, grew up over there and he he wanted to write something which was about the present day and that was his 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 journey to come up with this idea of a police detective who has to tread that fine line you know one one of the jobs of a police officer is to keep the peace and the other job of the police officer is to investigate crime and to to seek justice so i I think it's like a real tribute to, to chris's genius with this story that he's come up with something which encapsulates that in a nutshell basically james nesbitt's character dci brannick comes across a case some of which is pre-1998 and some of which is post-1998. So he has to tread that fine line in, in seeking justice while respecting the, the rules which are keeping the peace. And and I guess um, with regards to to yourself, you know, with with Line of Duty and Bodyguard, you've become known for a certain kind of brand of of you know high octane pr- police thrillers. Would, would this fit in that box? Oh, I, I think it's a it's it's a proper thriller, definitely. It's got it's got action sequences, it's got jeopardy, it's got mysteries running all the way through that aren't resolved until the, the very end. No, I, I think it's a it, it's a really excellent thriller series. And in terms of your own role, you, you obviously you're not the writer on this specifically, but as as an executive producer and and as the first project from your HTM Television uh, sort of label with with Hattrick, can you just tell us a bit more about your own role in terms of working with Chris and and how you pieced the the production together? Yeah, well, I I read the script two or three years ago and uh, was really struck by chris's writing voice and and his ability to weave characters and story together so well and although he hadn't written very much i i just spotted the 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 talent that was jumping off the page so i was really pleased that chris was was happy to work with me and we developed the story until the point that we were able to Firstly, attach James Nesbitt, who really responded to the character and the the storyline. And that was really instrumental in us being able to get the backing of the BBC to go into production. And as you say, it's it's our first production. So we're very proud that it's something of the calibre of Bloodlands. And and will you be is, is this going to be a home for your own new dramas, I guess, outside of the established brands? Or is this a place where you want to try, you know, like with Chris, kind of bring through new writers and, and really develop uh, new talent? It's more for working with other writers and bringing through new talent. The ongoing series I've got and, and other projects are outside of, of the company. I, I don't know what the future holds. It may be that that in, in five years' time, I'll be working more with, with HTM on my own work. But at the moment, I'm, I'm still committed to other projects outside of that. And what I'm really enjoying about HTM is is working with the rest of the, the production team within, within the company, Jimmy Mulville and Mark Redhead, and also this, this brilliant opportunity to work with new talent that Trigger Point, the, the, the series we're doing next for ITV, is written by a writer who, again, is, has, has never created their own show, hasn't written that much, but 
is absolutely bursting with talent. And Trigger Point is is the the series that reunites you with Vicky McClure, isn't it? So you've been working her recently on on Line of Duty season six. Can you just tell us a bit about how that's been affected by the coronavirus uh, sort of enforced shutdown of, of productions around the world? We're we're in exactly the same boat as 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 every other production. We just reached the point where, following discussion with the BBC, it was it was clear that we couldn't protect the the health and safety of our cast and crew so we 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 took the step of of shutting down before we got into the situation where uh, unfortunately we we would have over 100 people working closely together and that that is obviously something that that is is a danger to their health with the covid19 um, infection going around so we're, we're just on hiatus like like every other production but you know what I would say is that this has had a massive effect on on so many industries and so many people's livelihoods that that we just have to res- respect the situation. And my heart goes out to people who are, are are really trying to make ends meet in in the current situation. How are you sort of personally keeping busy? Are you developing new scripts? Are you rewriting other things? How are you kind of you know keeping busy in this time? Uh, well, well, I'm I'm doing the post on uh, Bloodlands, and that that is actually a significant amount of my time. And um, the other things I'm doing, uh, I'm I'm working on the line of duty scripts because we were very early in the shoot, and and I hadn't quite finished the final drafts of of the the last couple of episodes. So I've been working on those. Do you find it easy to, I guess, continue to focus on writing or, you know, the work on Bloodlands while so much is going on around the TV bubble and and the bubble that you're kind of working in? Well, I think everybody's in a bubble and, you know, I'm no different from anybody else in in the sense that that there's been a big change in, in how we work. I think the important thing to remember is that there are lots of key workers out there who are still going out every day and and doing their essential work and they are potentially at at risk so i certainly don't want to say that things are difficult for me because they're or people like me within the tv industry because they're much more difficult for other people in our society and we, we should thank them and salute them Absolutely. I mean, a lot of writers I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks have been sort of talking about how this, you know, current event might play into TV dramas immediately or, or further down the line. Is that something you're thinking about if you're rewriting Line of Duty or for further scripts down the line, or do you think this will be something you can kind of maybe keep out of, of drama going forward? I genuinely don't know. I, I, I um, in terms of the writing I'm doing on Line of Duty, I'm finishing off what was the original plan and i i think that if if and when we're 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 lucky enough to be given the go-ahead to go back into production then uh, i think we will have to take stock you know line of duty is one of those series that attempts to be set in the real world and often we refer to events in the past and 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 dates in the past and clearly anything that that relates to the period of the the pandemic may have an effect on what events could really have happened and how police would have gone about their work in in this current climate so i i certainly think we we'll, we we may have to to look at that but it, it's just too early to say 
and I guess you know with, with your own kind of medical background I mean have you been involved at all in in sort of helping out at all or are you kind of obviously just focused on keeping safe and, and keeping out of other people's way I guess at the moment like everyone else is trying to do well I'm I mean it's 20 20- five years since I practiced medicine. So um, I really take my hat off to the the medical practitioners and the the care workers and everybody who is working in really difficult circumstances. I think what's unique about this is that you as as a medical practitioner never imagine that that you're the one who is is uh, at risk at work you you kind of know the patients are going through the the risks of the illnesses that they have and so uh, this is a a unique situation and all I can say is you know I really salute the 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 courage and dedication of people on the NHS front line. Jed Mercurio talking with Michael Picard about Bloodlands the first series to come out of his company HTM Television and distributed by Hattrick International. Hattrick Productions is also behind new ITV sitcom Kate and Koji, starring Jimmy Akimbola, whose credits also include Sky Idris Elba comedy in the long run and The Most Dangerous Game, one of the crop of new short-form series that was part of the launch lineup for buzzy new mobile entertainment startup Quibi. Set up by former DreamWorks and Disney Animation chief Jeffrey Katzenberg and ex-Hewlett-Packard boss Meg Whitman, the service went live in North America last week and has already clocked up over 1.7 million downloads, according to its founders. Having raised over $1.7 billion in funding ahead of launch, however, there's a long way for Quibi to go to hit profitability and prove the economic model for bite-sized, high-quality video. The Most Dangerous Game is a futuristic cat-and-mouse thriller which sees Akimbola cast alongside Liam Hemsworth and Christopher Waltz. Michael Picard asked him what it was like to be part of and how he was continuing to work under the COVID-19 lockdown. Obviously, it's crazy times right now, but I'm just, you know, doing my bit, staying home and catching up on sort of reading books that I've been meaning to read and catching up on so much TV content that's out there. I'm auditioning every now and then for some things. So I think I think the industry, not that they expect it to be okay tomorrow, but when things do go back to normal, I think they're still trying to get their pieces in place. So that's been interesting and quite challenging, actually, to get your head straight because there's a part of me going, when is this going to end? And, you know, to get myself into that place where, okay, this is work. Auditioning is still work, you know? And uh, when you've been sort of chilling for about a week, watching TV and, and, you know, not doing much, it takes a bit of work to get back into the, you know, into that headspace. Tell me about, yeah, Dangerous Game. I mean, how was it that you kind of, uh, I guess, ended up in America or auditioning or, or, or being in this new Quibi series? It's quite interesting, really. It happened very quick. I was in LA and I remember sort of getting, I think I think I got the audition through on Tuesday morning and I, and I had a meeting with my agents sort of in the afternoon and I was reading it. I was like, what's Quibi? I didn't, I didn't really know what it was at the time. And it wasn't that I was dismissing it, but I was like, Quibi, this... What is this? It's not Amazon. It's not Netflix. It's not Hulu. It's not Apple. I'm not quite sure what this is. And I remember reading the script and I thought it was a film. You know, I just read it like it was a film. And I was I was reading it quite quickly because I, I knew I had a meeting with my agents. And then um, I sort of read it. I was like, oh, that's that's quite exciting. And, and I found it. It was a ta- page turner. I could not stop reading it. And I read it quite quickly. I was like, oh, that's quite good. And then I remember going to my agent, still a bit like, no, oh, I'm going to go up for this little this little movie. You know, I, di- I didn't read 
I didn't know who was attached or anything then. And I was waiting in my agent's office and then I saw like Hollywood Reporter and I picked it up and literally I flicked the page and it was this big article on Quibi and obviously Jeffrey Katzenberg and the fact that Spielberg's on board, Aegis is on board, <laughs> you know, it just listed all these Antoine Fourquet, all these amazing a-list stars and talent on board. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. And suddenly I I, I wanted to wrap up my meeting with my agent quite quickly. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, I'd started prepping anyway before the meeting, but I realized this, once I read the article and what they were doing, I just thought this is something very exciting and something I want to be a part of. What do you just make of the whole Quibi kind of concept of these kind of short bites, I guess, of, of uh, you know, movies, you know, but you see them like a book, you know, in chapters. You know, how do you, how do you just think of, is this something that is fresh for the TV business? Short forms had such a checkered past. <laughs> is, is Quibi going to change that? You know what? I think Quibi has the potential to, to change that. I think... It's the perfect thing for everybody being on the go. Right now, we're all stuck at home, right? So it's a bit hard. But those people that are traveling on the train, on the buses, you know, that that actually get frustrated that they might start watching an hour-long episode or something, but it doesn't finish before they get to work. With Quibi, it, it gives you that satisfaction that you can sort of, you can do a, a journey into work and back and you, you've watched everything. But at the same time, there is something I think nice about just being able to watch a couple of episodes and know that it's only 10 minutes and that you get a lot in those 10 minutes, but it's not like, watching 10 minutes of succession you're just gonna that's just not gonna work out it's not gonna work out it's gonna actually make you a bit frustrated but quibi i think is gonna be the new way because it's got money behind it as well i think with the type of talent they've attracted the turnstile the technology quibi has created where you're able to uh, switch the angles from landscape and, and 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 it will change the uh perspectives of who you're looking at you know which is really exciting was that apparent when they were filming did they have kind of like a weird camera setup for the different perspectives I could tell they had a little bit more extra camera equipment going on. Yeah, we didn't, I didn't play to it in terms of as an actor. We just played our scenes normally, but you knew what they were capturing and how they knew exactly what they were doing. And I find it when I do portrait mode and then, you know, to landscape, it sometimes it just makes me notice other things more. Do you know what I mean? Or it might be like the scene between um, Christoph Waltz and Liam. Sometimes I felt like it would make me look at Christoph a bit more than than Liam, you know? I don't know if that was just my eyes, but I thought that was very clever. And I love that it didn't affect the quality as well. It just seamlessly, you could go back and forth and and do it throughout the whole scene if you wanted to. But, but it's quite interesting that I think people are, are slowly uh, developing their preferences. I'm definitely excited in terms of doing something like Most Dangerous Game, that something that really is stretching me physically, but also it's a whole new platform. This is not a, a competition with Netflix. I've, I feel like it's just a supporter of all the, you know, Amazons and Apples and Netflix. And yet it's a it's offering something different. And so to get to work with people like uh, Liam Hensworth and Christoph Waltz is a dream come true. And, uh, and, at, and at the same time, it's really exciting to be uh, a part of a new platform. It's like, it's a whole platform just launched a few days ago. Have you got anything coming up or like, had you had anything coming up when Corona kind of struck? You know what? I was bang in the middle of like auditioning for quite a few things. So it's that thing where I'm just... We were waiting to hear back from a few things, and now it's just that we're not going to hear anything for a while. But I, I got lucky when I was filming Kate and Koji, 
uh, LC Studios, we finished like just a couple of weeks before the lockdown and then it got edited just before, you know, <laughs> before everything, you know, closed off. And so I'm in a place where I finished the job and it's out, it's on TV. And, uh, you know, yeah, you know, some of my friends, they were in the middle of shooting Line of Duty or they were doing plays on the, you know, in the West End. And uh, and so I do feel for them, I feel for everyone. It is affecting lots of people. But no, I've just, I've just got quite a few bits coming out. I've got a show on Apple called Ted Lasso. Again, doing a little bit of a comedy, ter- comedy cameo turn with uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis. And then the series I do with Idris Elba uh, in the long run is coming out as well later this year. And so during coronavirus, uh, people are going to be seeing a lot of my face. Jimmy Akinbola speaking with Michael Picard. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from us tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>